Hello, friends. Welcome to the Climbing Fierce podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping devoted Christ followers on the higher journey as they climb towards the plans, purposes, and presence of God. This podcast is built around the idea that life's not just a journey, but rather a purposeful climb to sovereign heights. I'm Hannah Schaefer, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Dr. Claudia Dempsey. We welcome you to journey alongside us as we explore common hangups, setbacks, and growth points on the journey of life, as well as some key strategies and resources so we can collaboratively climb together to reach new heights. This is Climbing Fierce. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Climbing Fierce. I'm Hannah Schaefer, and on behalf of our Climbing Fierce team, I want to thank you for checking in and choosing to join us as we press on towards the plans, purposes, and presence of God. As our Climbing Fierce family, we want you to keep reaching out and sharing your feedback. If you have suggestions or questions or things that you loved about one of the episodes, we want to hear. And as we said from the start, it is our goal to create a collaborative community where we can grow and go together. And well, that means you are a critical part of this process. We believe there is incredible power in numbers, and we want to band together to have the greatest impact possible on those we know and love and are called to serve. Okay, this week, we're going to talk about an aspect of our faith journey that is absolutely foundational to our existence as Christians. But before we get into that, I just had to share a little bit of a funny story from my own life. Okay, so... Last week, we had Claudia share something embarrassing, and this isn't embarrassing about me, but as some of you may know, I have an almost two-year-old little girly named Lucy, and oh my, is she in a parenting stage right now, and this is something that is uh, both hilarious uh, and sometimes makes me take a step back and question anything I've ever said (laughs) as a parent, (laughs) and so anything that we say, she is going to at least attempt to repeat, right? So uh, we were doing, I don't even know what, we were talking about something, Christopher and I, in our house, uh, and I uh, said the words big booty for some reason, (laughs) and I look over, and I'm not kidding you, Lucy pops her hip out, (laughs) and she pats her bottom, which I do call her booty, so like touche, Lucy, but I just was like, like I said something off the cuff, just joking, right? Like, oh yeah, I don't even know, I have no idea what the context of it was, don't think too ill of us, but Lucy pops out her hip and smacks her bottom, and I just thought... What just happened? Where did you learn that? And what that is, is happening? Hilarious. And of course, it's it's so innocent, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I just I just felt the need to tell you all what's okay, going on in my hilarious. life. That's hilarious. All right, this little girl <laughs> is incredible, little Lucy Lou. I remember when we went to your house not long ago, and um, she was sick, sitting with her little footy pajamas, and I just know. like the picture mm-hmm. of adorableness. Yes, this little, little child. footy pajamas, little, little Lou. Now, so, now I will say, like, we're at the stage where she understands so much more than probably, probably mm. what I know that she's understanding. Right, right. But one of the sweetest things she does is when you're like, "Okay, love you," she goes, "Love you." <laughs> Like, that's her love you. And it's just, 
like, adorable. We just look at each look at each other and say these I these think are she the needs days. To be our mascot is that like would that be That's unethical fine. to have a two year old yeah. kind of <laughs> be on the billboards of how we do? She climbs fierce every day. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I'm watching another human being grow in her knowledge and her understanding of how to do life, I realize that there really are so many parallels to my own faith journey. And we've been very silly, obviously, at the beginning of this episode, but you know, in both cases, there's a growing up process. And when we're talking about our spiritual lives, there is a critical element necessary for growth, but one that we a lot of times are going to avoid and just flat out struggle with. So what could I be alluding to? You might've already guessed it, but it is faith. Yeah. Hannah, you are absolutely correct. There, there may be no other ingredient in our Christian journey as critical as faith. I mean, scripture says time and again, over and over that the righteous shall live by faith. In fact, Hebrews eleven six goes so far as to say without faith, when you take it out of the equation, it's impossible to please God. So translation for us, when we're living, acting, or responding to life without faith, we're essentially living in a manner that is displeasing to God. So we can get a lot right. But if we miss this, this one piece, then we're missing what God is calling us to because who we are in him and how we live that out, that's going to always outweigh anything we do for him, any of the externals. And a key point here is that faith needs to be a lifestyle, not an ingredient we add on from time to time, like a little jacket we pull out of the closet. Oops, a little chilly. Let me go ahead and grab that. (laughs) Um, No, for Christians, it is really important to recognize that faith is not some, I don't know, some discretionary add-on that makes our spiritual walk a little better. Mm -hmm. Like some, okay, this is silly, some holy hot fudge on a really good Christian Sunday, (laughs) right? No, it's the very fabric of our identity in God. Claudia, I absolutely hear what you're saying, and I agree with everything that you've said, yet it is hard to overlook the fact that faith can really just seem hard to grasp at Mm -hmm. times. I mentally understand that it is an anchored belief in things I can't see, or, you know, even it's... uh, not fully understanding something from my current vantage point, but the sheer fact that these things exist outside of what I can see, touch, hear, and fully understand makes it hard for me to rest in those things, let alone even get a good grasp on it. Oh, Hannah, I totally agree. In fact, I was recently telling one of my classes that faith is actually one of my least favorite parts of the Christian journey. Is, <laughs> is that a bad thing to admit, right? It's, I don't know. It's a hard as you said, it feels beyond me. It takes me out of my comfort zone. It challenges me and to be in these positions and choices that don't come with guarantees. It asks me to trust in something I can't control. So simply put, it, it asks me to be vulnerable, ask me to give up control. And, and that's hard. And, and not just hard, but that can be really scary sometimes. But here's what over the years I continue to learn is God is not asking us to trust in things we don't see. Faith is an invitation to trust in him. And that, mm. that changes everything. Yeah. And our natural tendency is to say, I'll believe it when I see yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I'll believe it when pigs fly, you know, like, <laughs> right. like Thomas with Jesus' hands. It's just faith takes us into a spot where it, you, you're not using your um, like physical body that God has given you. And sometimes it, it, it is going against even your logic and your experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a place of 
complete vulnerability sometimes. And this notion or the idea of surrendering to the unknown is completely counterintuitive to our natural thinking. Oh, totally. God has given us these senses so we can use them to navigate life. So setting those aside can feel like you're putting your parachute away before you take that literal leap of faith. And as if navigating that jump isn't scary enough, faith can really feel like a free fall. Like we're just... We're just going no, for it. For sure. And, and that's why Martin Luther King, he likened faith to this idea of taking a step forward when you can't see the staircase in front of you. Mm. Um, faith, true faith means that you will not have the information your natural man or your human senses that they so desperately want at times. And oh my gosh, that can be so challenging. And frankly, I think that's why we miss it at times. It really is hard. Um, I think it's also too important to note some of what faith is not. Faith is not ever going to be dependent on how we feel. If I if I just start feeling the right way, then that faith is going to surface. Hmm. Nope. And it's also not the promise of a clear or certain outcome. Or this is really hard for Christians. Or a good outcome. God's hmm. not saying, come on, I want buy in, all in on this, and I'm going to give you a great outcome. Hmm. Nope, we don't get the ending of that sentence. Yeah. But it's also not blind. Um I know we often talk about blind faith, but our faith is not linked to an empty hope. It's not linked to, um, you know, something that we can't trust. It's actually linked to the certainty of a sovereign and good yeah, God. And that's good. Right. It's just not wishful thinking. Uh, yes, I'm thinking about it. It's really more of pressing into the nature of the character. And like you said, that sovereignty of God. There's not, I'll tell you as I'm thinking about this, there's not a lot I can promise somebody. There's not a lot I can guarantee. But Hannah, I could tell you this. I could tell the, the audience this. Our God is always faithful. Not mm. sometimes. Not even most of the times. He is always by his nature faithful. So for this reason, faith becomes kind of this, this currency of our, of our spiritual walk. It's, it's an imitation into what God has. It's a doorway to experience him and what he's calling us to. And it's actually even... A response. It becomes a mm. response for us in the, that moment of of invitation. It could mm. be a moment of testing. He's like, Anna, what are you going to do with this? Mm. I want to invite you in. You know, I think, so there's a story that comes to mind. And you guys know, I just, stories for me provide context. There was this family of four and they were going to go on a vacation. And uh, it was the mom and dad and two boys. The one boy, uh, he's 14. So at that stage where now he's kind of entered where He's just really cool, and the family kind of isn't anymore. Um, and a couple of that with his brother was is four years old, so there's a real there's a good age gap. So the the older boy is like, I'm just actually really not very excited about this family vacation. I do not don't call on me to do the babysitting, and so um, they kind of work with him, and you know everybody's excited ultimately. So they go, they travel, they're going to go to a lake for the week and they drive a couple hours they get there and the little boy the four-year-old is like dad can i just go to the dock i want to go down by the dock i just because you know you go down by the dock you can see some of the little fish and and the dad's like oh my gosh can we just get in and unpack so he says to the the older son he's like listen i know buddy i'm not going to ask much of you this this trip to do this but will you just take them on down um keep an eye on them give us 15 20 minutes let us get in get get things unpacked and i'll be right down and i'll take them so not five minutes have passed and the dad hears the older boy yelling, dad, dad, daddy's in. I can't find him. I can't see him. And the dad hears the, the son, the older son yelling. He just drops everything. He sprints down, down to the dock. 
And he sees his son is holding a cell phone and instantly knows this kid was on his phone, not watching his little brother. And he's like, what happened? He's like, he went in the water. He went in the water and I can't see him. And the dad's like, where? He's like, I, I wasn't looking. I don't know. It's over here. And the dad's not seeing the son. And he dives in the water and he's feeling all, all around. Um, so he's, you know, taking a breath and going under and feeling and coming up with nothing. Second time, goes under, is feeling. And now utter panic starts to set in. He comes up and he's like, oh my gosh, where's my little boy? And he takes one more big gasp, goes under, and he's, he's just under the water, feeling around. And his hand, he, he feels the boy's shirt. He's like, oh my gosh. And he leans over and as he gets over to feel his son, he sees, he can feel his son is, he's clinging onto, what is it? Is it called a pylon? That, that big beam that's holding up the dock. So the mm. little boy found that under the water, grabbed hold of it, and the father has to kind of like um, peel his little hands off and take mm. him up. And the, the little boy's choking and gasping and oh the dad's beside himself. So a second or two goes by and he's like, okay, the son's there. And he's like, buddy, what were you doing? Like under the water holding on to this. He's like, dad, I was just waiting for you. Mm. And it is, you know, of course, we'd never advocate lock yourself in a position that's going to be detrimental. But in the mind of this little boy, I just had to wait for my dad. And I just think as I tra that translate to our lives, sometimes the circumstances are going to be so scary and terrifying. And really what we need to do is lock ourselves in a position where we're holding on to truth, to his faithfulness, and we're just waiting for him to show up. He's going to be faithful. It won't necessarily look like what we want, but he is always faithful. <sighs> as a parent, I'm just... Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification that... You know, we're not asking that you go no, sit underwater no, no, no. and hang on to a pole. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate the image, you know, that image specifically that captures the essence of the topic. Mm -hmm. And even with how hard and scary, you know, it really can be, we should look at faith as uh, how we access. It's the avenue in which uh, we can access some of God's greatest gifts Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the doorway through which we find the deepest riches of God's kingdom. And it is the way, it is the only way that we find the deep and the mysterious and the wonderful parts of God and receive so many of his greatest gifts. So I think about it sometimes as like the high security clearance or the badge access behind the locked door. Um, but it is costly. It mm -hmm. is, um, you know, we've talked about it can be intense and, and scary, but it's also costly. It is trying and it is the path that is less traveled. So I know you mentioned Hebrews 11, Claudia, and that to live by faith for these people also was costly. Noah was ridiculed. If you, we want to talk about Noah, um, he was thought to be a little bonkers for building the ark. Right, yeah. Um, there's some, uh, theologians that say it probably hadn't rained we don't have any record of rain at that point so you know he's building this ark and That's saying like example. water's gonna fall from the sky people are like <laughs> whatever noah whatever you say um but he also had to labor to build the ark for a super long time and then he had to watch the world really be drowned in God's wrath. Like though, mm. that's a costly walk of faith that puts him in Hebrews 11 that we can look very um like with rose colored glasses at, but that is, that's costly faith. Or I think about Abraham offering up Isaac to be killed. It's like his one and only son. And to, to Abraham, this is the 
only logical way that God has given him to carry out the promises that God had given um, of many offspring and generations and blessing. It's like Isaac was the avenue for that. So for him to be willing to offer that up was him trusting God. But like I said, newly apparent, just not sure. Mm-mm. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that's a big, that's that, a big ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So he had to trust that God was going to make a way to bless generations from him, even if it wasn't through Isaac. Like there was just, and you know, that chapter goes on and on and on with ordinary people given a wild invitation to walk in very costly faith. So, um, you know, there is also this quote that, um, might drive this point home, uh, Blaise Pascal, I think is how you say his name. Uh, He's a really famous and a very old mathematician of long ago. He said this, in faith, there is enough light for those who want to believe, but enough shadows to blind those who don't. And I think the point he's making here is that there really is room for someone to choose doubt or faith when we're walking about um, in a belief in which it's not evident to our senses or it's not in alignment to human reasoning. Right. That's a powerful quote, really. In any situation, I think what he's saying is we, there's almost enough to go on to take either road. Mm -hmm. You can choose faith or you can really choose doubt. It's these situations and imitation of faith are that unclear that that there's reason. Boy, it makes sense to not embrace faith on that one. I think of the the spies, right? The, The 12 spies, 10 of them were like, nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-mm. this is not making any sense for me to go that path. So, um, Hannah, that's a really great point. I think it's, it's helpful if we take a moment to quickly talk through what are some of the obstacles then, you know, talking about this costly faith and this invitation to the deep mysteries of God. So why don't we jump in? You know, we, we did say it's scary and they're big asks, but there's also, and I think you started to allude to this. Um, one first thing that comes to mind, I think this is huge. God is not always going to make sense. This means that faith and reason will sometimes be incompatible. Hmm. They won't line up at all. And while we want logic and certainty and order, God may sometimes say, I'd actually like you to do it a different way. Will you trust me on this one? Hmm. Another thing that comes to mind, I've seen people struggle is this issue of hardship and sufferings. Man, those times can really contradict what we believe in, what we hope for. Those are hard. I'm not going to minimize for a moment how deep... that can go with the pain and the degree of pain we sometimes feel. And I think that's why Tim Keller, I would listen, man, I love listening to him. And he would so often say that um, those who do not believe in God or who are young in their faith, they struggle with this issue, especially when there's pain and hardship and suffering. Mm -hmm. Because in their understanding, and this is how he'd put it, a God who allows terrible suffering is either not good enough to have prevented it or not powerful enough to be able to do so. That's what mm. somebody without faith or young in their faith yeah. would say. So a good God, he wouldn't allow suffering. If he does, mm-hmm. he's not good enough to have prevented it or not powerful enough to have wanted to prevent it mm. um, either way. Um, so he's not power enough or good enough to keep us, those he loves, from pain. So why would I want to follow a God like that? And I think that's very reasonable. I don't think we should look at that and be like, oh, well, you should just have faith. No, when you're encountering truly deep, painful circumstances, it's going to rock your world. Mm. And it makes, it makes full sense that that leap of faith is going to be very big. That's why, that's why collaboration, doing this together, it makes such a difference. But then another significant obstacle is just the reality of doubt. I know as an educator, it always makes me sad when I have a student who, well, after we'll talk about something and they feel bad that there was doubt. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't feel bad. This is, 
this is the pathway to grow. That doubt is, that's a natural part of the journey. So for the person who may feel bad that they may have some lingering doubts, I'd say, do not feel bad. Let those stand as a clear indicator that there are areas of your life God still wants to more deeply inhabit, right? Mm -hmm. I think of Elizabeth Elliot, who, man, what an incredible hero of the faith. I've loved Mm -hmm. her story, her journey. I've always looked up to her and she would say, faith does not eliminate questions. It simply knows where to take them. And we've got to have that freedom to be able to live with some of the the unanswered questions sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Uh, sometimes I just need a recap. So if anybody needs a recap. So the first one was God is not always going to make sense. Mm -hmm. The second is that hardship and suffering may sometimes contradict what we believe and hope. And then the third is just the reality of doubt. Those are some of the obstacles that we can face face as we're um, challenged in our faith journey. I heard a coworker say recently that it's not the power or the strength of our faith that matters, but the object of our faith. Mm, That's good. I think it's such a like mm-hmm. a concise yes. way of putting it and it it takes the response not the responsibility the like weight of of that faith kind of off of us a little bit because god is more than strong enough he's big enough he's more than tough enough and he's definitely patient enough for our doubts for our moments of god what is this that's a great what point. is and going okay on with us not being perfect christians yet that yeah. the whole journey is about that right yeah, it's literally like, I mean, this is climbing fierce, right? We're talking about the journey yeah. towards the plans, presence, and I said it out of order, so I can't say plans, it now. Presence, purpose, plans, presence, <laughs> purpose of God, right? Yeah. It's a journey, guys. <laughs> we even make mistakes. But, you know, like that's what this whole podcast is about, is like equipping us to to make the climb mm and and we don't expect perfection god doesn't expect us to be perfect so he's okay when even when we say things like god how is this okay with you like where are you in this i mean that is what the what the psalms are like all about just being very honest with the lord in some of those so and you even open up talking about lucy would you ever for a moment think that two-year-old little lucy is supposed (laughs) to act like a 13 year old no (laughs) no she's supposed to be at this place of innocence and she's supposed to Uh grow into maturity and right i think we get it messed up when we think we have to be somewhere else yeah yeah just take that take that today step of faith yeah. And even as you're saying that, I mean, Lucy is in a stage where um, she has started to hit me and it's and it's only me. And I don't know why, <laughs> but she will just sometimes and it's not super hard, but it's almost like she just like hmm. taps me and then gives me a look. And I say, no, ma'am, we don't hit mama. We don't hit anybody. We don't hit mama. And then she'll look at me and she'll do it again. And obviously we go through timeout and and have to walk through all of that. But if that was a 13-year-old, I would be dealing with Mm -hmm. them differently than I would be my one-and-a-half-year-old, right? So even in the way that God deals with us, it is even appropriate and how he sees fit that we might receive some of that training and some of that discipline that is meant to bring like goodness and yeah. and point us towards him and and towards his plans and purposes and presence see i can say it <laughs> <laughs> so you know i want to be real though because sometimes people claudia 
can be the thing that that challenges our faith in in a negative way. So, you know, that can be believers, that can be non-Christians, and that can actually be yeah. what Sad what ends up true. being a yeah. huge stumbling block on mm-hmm. our path of faith. Um, and it can even be sometimes our own cruelty and hypocrisy and self-serving uh, selfishness or misinterpretations of scripture. You know, we're also on a journey. So if someone is looking to another person to be the anchor of their faith, well, of course that ship is going down. Good yeah. luck. So I know I just said the object of our faith is Jesus, mm. but uh, you know sometimes I think we're too frail even to be the substance and assurance. I say sometimes we're always going to be you know too weak to be the substance and assurance of somebody's faith. Oh man, that is a huge <clears throat> point. You've got to say that again. Well, I'll say it for you. So we're just too frail to be the substance and assurance of someone's faith. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. And how often we look to certain people and we place all our hope or all mm-hmm. our faith in them, and then we're we're devastated when they mm-hmm. end up being just as human as we are. Right. Um, you know, and it's not even just the people around us, Anna. I, we, as you just alluded to a second ago, we can be our own deterrent, our own brokenness when we're mm-hmm. clouded thinking, mm-hmm. our dysfunctional habits, the times we take in far more of the world than we probably should, the way we can get preoccupied with ourselves. Oh my gosh, we can, we sometimes can't even see past ourselves to actually see the God who is seeking to draw us near um, and then couple that with the stress and uncertainty of life today. You know, we, we previously talked even in an earlier episode about anxiety. Uh, I think I saw a recent study, um, Forbes put out 2023, finding over 42 million people today are struggling with clinical degrees of anxiety. So I would just say for wow. those who, there, there's, there's some struggle here. Getting mm-hmm. to a place of rested faith is not always easy. Mm-hmm. If it's not something you've practiced or, or you're even feeling like, why am I, why, why is the anxiety here? Why, why is this plane not landing yet? It's a journey. It's a process. And to give yourself some of that, that time and space, but to know that God is, I love this. You're talking about Lucy. I know you adore this child. Oh yeah. Everything is for her good. Mm-hmm. It's all for her good. It's all out of your love. And even a little time out is to get little Lucy Lou right back on track mm-hmm. so she can grow and mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm an imperfect parent and God is a perfect parent. Mm. <laughs> I'm my mom. I feel like I've been talking about my mom so much on this podcast. Shout out to D Weezy, which is what I call her. <laughs> her name is Darla. Um, I call her D Weezy because sometimes she wheezes when she laughs, but she's the best. Um, but my mom still will write in cards to me, but she's done this for a long time. Um, you are loved by an imperfect mom and a perfect God. Mm, okay. And That's just, sweet just a really sweet, sweet thing. So back to, uh, you know, our topic, not do easy. Uh, here is a caution for us. The faith journey, while it's going to be very similar in many regards for some of us, it's also going to be very different for each of us. And I may easily draw near to God and be able to embrace some aspect of his purpose or his plan. And it may just be very different and that not that may not be the case for someone else and vice versa. So my faith lessons will look different than Claudia's and my growth processes will unfold at a different pace and in a different way than somebody else's. And so while we're all on the journey toward greater faith, you know, we're all climbing the heights. Um, we have to recognize that it's going to look different for each of us. And maybe that's even the way it needs to be because I know us. Otherwise we're going to be looking for a cookie cutter template that always, uh, removes even the ingredient of faith from that growth process. We'll be looking That's f- to just... That's an amazing just, point. If it were the same for all of us, yeah. we wouldn't even need the faith we're right. talking about. Yeah. Right. So my advice, my advice, my advice for you is 
from scripture, don't look to your right or left to compare because comparison is the thief of joy. Rather focus on what God is asking of you through this faith needing circumstance. Um, cause this is your journey up the mountain towards the plans, purposes, and presence of God and praise the Lord. That faith is not something that we have to fabricate on our own. Praise mm, the Lord. Right. Um, it's not our own mustering or our own caffeine induced excitement. We have to rely on, uh, you know, we certainly have a part in it, but it's not just our part. And if you want to think about faith as an invitation that needs a response, I think that can be helpful because we can't grow uh, our own faith any more than we can actually grow our produce um, because God tells us that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. So while we can plant and water the right seeds, we don't determine the fruit that follows. We can't cause the mustard seed of faith to yield a certain output, but we can seek to continually be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So Claudia, what's the process going to look like? Why and what do we do in the here and now? And friends, this is where we're actually going to conclude our episode um, because we have so much more to talk about regarding faith and what that is in the journey up the mountain. So uh, we're going to start out next week with talking about what this process actually looks like in the here and now. Thank you so much for joining us, and we can't wait to hear how you're climbing fierce. Let us know um, what you've taken away from this episode and our other episodes, either in the comment section or um, through our website. Go climb fierce. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast, wherever you stream your podcasts. Be sure to check out today's show notes for more resources, links, and helpful tools on today's topic. You can find these resources and more on our website at www.growthpointperspective.com. If this podcast has been at all impactful for you or someone you know, let us know, leave us a review or send it to a friend who might need to hear about today's topics. And if you have any questions or an episode idea for us, or you want to get in contact with our team, email hello at growthpointperspective.com. Until next time, friends, go climb fierce.